from before the dawn of time, from the days of Adam and Eve, God had one plan. To reveal His glory and extend His kingdom until all the nations worship Him. Missions is supremely the work of God, in which Mission to the World is privileged to participate as the sending agency of the Presbyterian Church in America. Missions is the grace of God. From the scriptures, we know that God's plan of evangelism is more than the salvation of individuals. God's plan is to enfold His children into a community built on a foundation of grace. That community is the church, a church whose people desire to bring praise and worship to the triune God. That's why Mission to the World's highest priority is to plant thriving churches that continually replicate themselves until the community, the culture, and the nation have been transformed by the gospel of Christ. These new churches are ideally led by indigenous pastors, men raised up by the grace of God, led by His Spirit, and looking to Christ as head of His church. Mission to the World sends missionaries to more than 50 countries. Over 600 are serving long-term. An amazing 8,000-plus are on short-term assignments from two weeks to two years. All are equipped for cross-cultural ministry, but their primary role is to equip indigenous church leaders for the work of the ministry. These are families, singles, and retirees from all professions and all walks of life, representing years of experience, specialized training, and spiritual maturity. Together with their national partners, they are planting the seeds of a harvest that will continue to multiply long after the last missionary has left the field. The gospel of Christ is expressed in the word of Christ, but it's also expressed in the deeds of Christ, the man of compassion who went about doing good. Word and deed, each is incomplete apart from the other. Our church planting teams take seriously the ministry of the whole gospel. MTW's Street Child Ministry reaches out to some of the 150 million street children in poor countries, offering a home, schooling, and a spiritual family. Our short-term medical teams bring the gospel many times to areas of the world where it is not welcome unless born on wings of compassion. MTW's disaster response teams deliver food and clothing, emergency medical treatment, counseling, and even construction workers to people in crisis. Word and deed. The grace of the gospel. The gospel of grace. Church planting movements. Equipped leaders. The gospel in word and deed. This is Mission to the World. Good morning. 
I, w- I wanted to speak from up there, but Chris said that's hollowed ground and I'd have to take my shoes off. You don't want that, I promise you. Um, <clears throat> anyway, my name is David uh, Campbell. I'm from Mission of the World, of course. Um, and I'm the manager of mobilization for uh, short-term uh, Mission of the World. Basically, what that means is I work with uh, mostly PCA churches and individuals to get them on uh, the ground and serving with us on a short-term uh, basis. I've had, the, as Chris mentioned, had the privilege of uh, working with him um, uh, several years ago, and I'm glad to maintain that friendship. As I said yesterday, um, earlier in the week, I texted Chris what I need to wear this weekend, and he said clothing. And I said, thank you. Uh, um, we can all be thankful for that. So anyway, we uh, joke like that often. Um, now that you're a little bit familiar with uh, MTW, you know that we are the mission sending agency uh, of the PCA, your denomination. And um, it's our uh, it's, uh, it's our call to see the gospel of grace go throughout the world. That's what we, that's our passion, and that's what we do. Um, so greetings from MTW. Uh, Chris has told me what a, uh, a very missions-minded church that Trinity is, uh, so I'm really uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, you all may not know this, but right now you are helping the gospel go out uh, throughout the world, and you're doing that by the many missionaries uh, that you support. Um, just with MTW, you support the boxes in Colombia, um, the Wanamakers in South Africa, the Wessels in France, and the Youngs in McAllen, Texas, uh, among missionaries from other organizations. So um, they're able to do the work on behalf of the kingdom for, from, from your support. Uh, so we very much thank you for that. Um, as someone who is often asked the question, um, can you help find? Can you help me find my missionary calling? Uh, I, I love it when I'm asked that question, and especially in that way, because what people are presuming when they come to me in that way is they're presuming I have a missionary calling. Can you help me find out what that is? And I'm in full agreement that everyone uh, who calls himself a Christian does have uh, a missionary calling. Um, and it's part of the church's job to help you find that missionary calling. And I work for uh, the church at large, for the PCA, so a large part of my job is to help you individually in this room uh, find, help, help you find your missionary calling. Uh, and really, that's what MTW is all about. Uh, we're about helping you to, to finding and fulfilling that calling to help you find a place and an outlet to which you can, um, which you can do that. So what is, uh, what is my missionary calling? Well, Pastor David Platt, if you're familiar with him, um, he says this. He says, uh, the most important verse in the Bible when it comes to looking at missions is Matthew 24, 14. Uh, most people, when automatically comes to their mind when they think of uh, missions, it's go and make disciples, um, which gives us the what. But Pastor Platt says, um, it's 20, for, for him, it's 24-14, and, and I, I kind of agree with that because this gives us the why. Um, it says this, uh, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So that gives us the why. We long to see Christ's kingdom come. Um, and it says that this won't happen until the gospel goes throughout all the nations. Platt also says that there are two premises that we have to, uh, that, that he looks at, and uh, which I think are interesting, uh, when, it, when it comes to global missions. Uh, the first premise 
is local ministry and local missions are totally necessary. And the second is that global missions is tragically neglected. So yes, MTW 100% believes in local ministry and local missions. Your first responsibility in the gospel is to those who are closest to you. Um, In fact, uh, yesterday as I got to hear about your uh, Crow Creek ministry, fantastic. You guys have, uh, God has given you a great gift in that. And and, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see you be faithful to that. And I encourage you. Um, those of you thinking about the Crow Creek ministry, please get involved with that. Um, so even here in your own church, um, outside of that ministry, you have families that you know of that are hurting. You have families that you may not know of that are hurting, families that are sick, uh, families that are falling apart, families whose kids are uh, in, 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 in dire straits and in deep trouble. Do not neglect those. We're not asking you to do that. Um, you have thousands of people here in Rochester who don't know the gospel and they need to see the gospel. They need to hear it. They need to see it worked out before they might be open to believing. Um, don't neglect that as, as one, um, who, uh, strongly promotes global missions. Don't do it at the, uh, expense of your local mission. But nevertheless, um, global missions is tragically neglected. And you ask, with all the millions of dollars going overseas to promote uh, missions, to promote the gospel, how can I say that? Um, well, we work in a lot of closed countries uh, through our enterprise program. We work in a lot of countries that I, I don't even know about. I guess they don't trust me to. <laughs> but, um, but nevertheless, it's, it's, they're very dangerous countries to work in because the gospel, it's, it's, uh, it's illegal. Um, in one country we work, there are an estimated 30 to 40 Christians in the entire country out of millions and millions of people. Um, in fact, there's an estimated 6,000 unreached people groups that represent over 2 billion uh, people. Now, an unreached people group is a group that um, the gospel is simply not available to. There's no physical manifestation of the gospel. They have no access to other Christians, to biblical teaching, to the Bible itself. That's an unreached people group. So let's go back to Matthew twenty four fourteen, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So I would say with 6,000 unreached people groups representing over 2 billion people that we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, and to this predicament, George uh, Ladd says this. He says, God alone knows the definitions of terms, talking about unreached people groups. Uh, I cannot precisely define who all the nations are, but I do not need to know. I need know only one thing. Christ has not yet returned, and therefore the task is not yet done. When it, is, uh, when it is done, Christ will come. Our responsibility is not to insist in defining the terms. Our responsibility is to complete the task. So long as Christ has not returned, our work is not yet done. So let us get busy and complete our mission. So <clears throat> what is our responsibility in seeing the gospel go throughout, the, uh, throughout all the nations? Now, as I see it, I think there are three ways that we can practically participate. We can pray, and we can give, and we can go. 
And it's my job, uh, my specialty, to see people go. So that's where I'll concentrate uh, the rest of this um, uh, talk. A uh, little personal testimony. Um, I have a master's in business administration from uh, Baylor University. Graduated in 93, and from the time that I graduated, uh, I had one mindset, and that was to go and be successful. Go, um, I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to retire by the time I was 40. Of course, that didn't happen. But um, praise God that didn't happen. <clears throat> um, I was out for myself. Um, I wanted to be successful in the world's eyes. And my, um, those that um, knew me most, knew me best, knew that my troubled heart just reflected that. Because that's not who God created me to be. Um, <clears throat> well, by God's grace, he um, intervened. And I went on a short-term mission trip to uh, Peru. And while I was there, I was introduced to one of the world's great injustices that they spoke about briefly uh, on the video, and that's the, um, the plight of the street children worldwide. An estimated, uh, what did he say, um, 1.8 million uh, kids live on the streets ar around the world. Um, we went to Lima, and in Lima alone there are 300,000 uh, kids that live on the street, mostly boys. Um, and they live um, horrible existences. In fact... Uh, what they do is they sniff glue um, until they can't remember uh, their own lives. They call it erasing themselves. Um, it's a very a tragic, tragic thing that happens in our world. So um, when I returned from Peru, uh, I, was, um, you know, I was a changed person. Um, I just couldn't, in good conscience, go back to um, the pursuits that... Um, I was going after before. Um, <clears throat> so the Lord did something in my heart that, um, that really changed me, and it led me to come uh, to work for MTW. Um, a couple of years later, it led me to um, go to Covenant Seminary for four years, and it's led me here today to give you this message. So, um, oh, and another thing, my wife was on that trip, we, or mission trip romance, so another benefit there for sure. <laughs> Uh, so you see, um, uh, short-term missions is a really integral part of MTW's strategy. Uh, most of our missionaries, uh, in fact, 75% or more, got their start and first taste of missions on a short-term mission trip. In fact, Becca, um, who a lot of you know, of course, um, uh, got her first start in a short-term mission trip. That's our plan. You didn't know that, the Grandmaster plan. So uh, she's coming back to work with us uh, for six months. And we hope um, uh, that she'll come back on a longer-term basis. Her parents may not hope that, but that's, that's, that's what we hope. And that's, that's like I said, that's, what, that's our plan. We sent out about 4,500 missionaries this last, short-term missionaries, this last year. And it's our hope that many more of those will return with us next summer and do an internship. Uh, and we hope that many more uh, of those will return to the field on a longer-term basis. So uh, if you feel that the Lord is calling you or might be calling you to a foreign mission field uh, on a long-term basis, then um, I would say take a short-term mission trip and, and, exp and uh, explore that. And I can certainly help you with that. 
But if you don't feel the Lord is calling you to full-time service on a foreign field, if you feel maybe that he's calling you to uh, pray more or to give more, uh, my answer would be the same. Come join us on a short-term mission trip. Um, Because when you return, I promise you, you will be more inclined to give and more inclined to pray. It will broaden your horizon. Uh, you will experience the gospel in a different way because the gospel looks different in different cultures. God speaks different languages. He speaks French. He speaks Italian. He speaks uh, Spanish. And the way the gospel works out in different cultures looks far different than it does here um, in our own setting. And um, I had a really great picture of this uh, several months ago. Um, and I'll close with this story, but I have to give a little bit of background. Uh, so bear with me. <clears throat> uh, most Americans know exactly what happened on uh, December 7th, 1941, um, Pearl Harbor. But what most of us don't know is that Japan attacked uh, a Amer- large American naval base called Corregidor Island in the Philippines at the very same time uh, that they uh, attacked Pearl Harbor. And they destroyed Corregidor Island and took thousands, tens of thousands uh, of prisoners, both uh, American POWs and and, uh, Filipino uh, POWs, and that's where uh, the Bataan Death March started. It's also where, um, that's also the battle that caused MacArthur to retreat, saying, um, I shall return. Well, on October 20th, several years later, 1944, uh, General MacArthur fulfilled his promise of returning to the Philippines, and he did that at Leyte Island um, in one of the most bloody battles of the entire um, World War II. In fact, um, the Allies lost over 15,000 men in that one battle, and Japan lost um, over 40,000 in that one battle. So we can only imagine the hatred between the Filipino and, and, and Americans and for the Japanese and, and vice versa. In fact, even as late as the 1980s, uh, people, Japanese people living in the Philippines would change their names to be less, uh, less Japanese. So uh, last year, let's, we'll flash forward to 2013, November 8th, if you all remember uh, the largest hurricane typhoon uh, ever recorded um, hit Leyte Island, hit the Philippines right at Leyte Island, right where MacArthur returned to um, uh, to the Philippines. <clears throat> uh, I went to uh, Leyte uh, several short months after the hurricane hit, and it was really it was one of the toughest trips that I've been on. Uh, one great ministry that we have that they um, mentioned in the video is our global disaster response. It's a, a week-long training that, that we do every uh, uh, twice a year. And when you go through that, you're uh, then eligible to go and serve in a disaster capacity. And we kind of call ourselves the Navy SEALs in Mission to the World because our training is a whole lot harder than, than uh, the SEALs. Not really. Uh, <clears throat> But um, I went with an advanced team. Uh, there were uh, four of us, and we joined up with uh, another group from Japan. Uh, and there were 25 of us total, um, half Japanese, half Filipino. And we went to Taklaban City, and right there in um, Leyte Island. So with that background that I knew, um, I'm, you know, kind of World War II buff, uh, I was really amazed as 
um, to see Filipinos and Japanese and Americans um, worshiping God um, and praising his holy name and working together. It was um, a pretty amazing sight to see. No one would I knew. Uh, and, and my thoughts were, wow, if we had told my grand, you know, our grandparents 70 years ago that Filipino, Japanese, and Americans would be worshiping God two miles from um, where MacArthur returned, where over 60,000 men died, they wouldn't have believed it. So what a, you know, what a testament to God's grace that I was able to witness. And where else could I have witnessed that? It couldn't have been in Atlanta, Georgia, or in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm from. Uh, it couldn't have been in Rochester. So my, uh, my encouragement to you is go on a short-term mission trip. It, it, I, I promise you it will change your life. And my prayer is that you would diligently seek out your missionary calling to pray, to give, and to go. And to quote John Piper, you have three choices. Either go, you send, or you disobey. So my advice is, you know, go see the Lord work in a different culture. Uh, go on a short-term mission team. Um, if you're young and single, you know, go. If you're old and married, go. If you're old and single, go. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a painter, whatever, God can use your gifts on the foreign mission field. I've seen it time and time again. In fact, um, one of our best church planters, doesn't, he doesn't have a college education. Uh, he, um, and we have seen him work with indigenous uh, Mexicans, and they have planted three or four churches. And he, what did he do? He just gave his... He gave his all to the Lord, and, and God is really blessing that. So that's um, a larger message that we're trying to give out from MTW, is that you don't have to have special gifts. You really don't. I've seen it time and time again. I meet people all the time who I think, wow, they don't really have any special gifts, but God is using them in amazing ways. So, uh, again, I, I, I would... Uh, implore you and 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 ask you to come join us or another um, missionary organization and go. Um, if you haven't been again to go work in the Crow Creek, I would say go. There's lives being changed there, and that is all. <laughs> so if you have questions, um, I'll take them now. Yes. We do it in several different ways. We have uh, churches that will call. David, could you please? We're recording this, so if you could please uh, repeat the question. Oh yes. Thank uh, you. The question was, I'm really bad at repeating people. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Or uh, do we plan trips uh, that we pop, try to fi find people for, or do people? call us and we find trips for them. And the answer is both. Um, we have many tr uh, uh, churches that call in and say, we're looking to start a new ministry and get really involved in the foreign mission field. Can you help us? And I say, absolutely, I can. 
Um, then we have our missionaries and uh, national church partners that um, desperately need people to come help and uh, put on VBS, uh, do construction projects, uh, do evangelism. So we're kind of a, a middleman for that. We match people with, uh, with, with their gifts and put, get them through the field in the way they can best serve. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And then you said street children. Yes. How does the street children minister? Do they or short term? The short term are plugged into church planting, or to how does, it, how, how does a short term mission work with a street kids? Is it mostly with, it mostly with church planting? Right. All, most everything that we do, uh, we try to connect with a the, um, a, a local church, preferably um, a, a church partner. Um, a, a national missionary or, or a missionary or national partner um, and, and that's that's high priority when we look at new projects is how is this going to uh, further the work of the church uh, sometimes that's not possible uh, but in the case of uh, street children we work with a group called scripture union um, they're not a church but they have many street child homes in Peru um, we work with a lot of different organiza- or, uh, a lot of different orphanages. We've actually started many orphanages, especially in the Philippines. Uh, we have three or four, we call them lighthouses, uh, where we take children in and grow them up. Uh, we do, uh, that brings up a, a point, we do have a child sponsorship program uh, that if you're interested in, it's much like uh, Compassion International. Um, not to take away from Compassion International at all, They're, they do fantastic work, but we do the same thing, and you know we guarantee that your uh, your, your money, that, that the kids that you support, are um, taught the gospel and 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 grown up in, uh, and we're faithful to the to the gospel in that. You have you all do a lot. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So how old do you have to be? Okay, um, let's see. For um, it depends on the field. In a lot of places, um, we have parents that take children. Uh, if you do take children, just um, you know, we do ask that you know, there's not. Um, we, we don't provide childcare, so when you take children, if, if you know, you're responsible for looking out for them. But um, we. Generally, like to see kids starting um, sixth grade, middle school. Uh, maybe you probably wouldn't want to send a, a you know, a sixth grader to the Philippines. But we have a lot of projects that just for that, um, where we train up young uh, young folks and, and help build into them a missions mindset. Uh, so from uh, sixth grade up, and we'll take kids younger if parents are along. Individually, uh, okay. Um, let, I'm sorry, it's, uh, the, the age individually? Yeah, how young can you be? And I assume uh, 
Exactly. Uh, but um, again, um, individually, if they were to go, probably 18. So, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing you mentioned yesterday was that there's like four levels of safety or... Right, right. Uh, we do um, mini vision trips is what we call them. Uh, they're areas where um, we would like to see growth in a particular field, so we will recruit several in- individuals from different churches to go. Uh, I'm leading one to Berlin uh, March 8th through the 14th, uh, and the, that particular trip will consist of um, uh, mainly encouraging our missionaries in Berlin uh, through prayer. Um, we will do a lot of, of prayer walking. Um, it's a little outside of the comfort zone for a lot of PCA people, but um, but that's okay. We're gonna. But that's the main uh, thrust of the trip is we're gonna go pray uh, and encourage our missionaries in that way. Um, then the, we do have four levels of trips. Uh, the first one is an entry-level trip. It would be uh, most of our Native American uh, trips are would consider, consider level one, um, where really anybody can go. Uh, level two would be a little bit more difficult. Probably um, um, a good example might be uh, the Bahamas where uh, it, it's a little bit outside of your comfort, comfort zone. There's no, um, uh, you know, geopolitical risk. Um, there's good health care, uh, that sort of thing. A level three would be uh, a bit more remote, uh, a bit more intense, um, still probably not too dangerous, um, but you might you might be a little more remote from uh, uh, medical facilities. Level four uh, you know, would be an area where um, you would want to have a lot of uh, experience before you go. Most of our medical trips are, uh, would be level four trips. Yes? Is there any way that people can find out about um, what missionaries are doing in like, close countries or the things that are a little more secretive, I guess? That, that's really, really difficult. Um, I, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, she asked about what, um, if she can find out about the what is going on in our closed countries, um, countries where the gospel is illegal. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I really I don't even know because uh, the, the stuff that they're involved in is is pretty secretive, and they're very very protective about. Um, about what they do. In fact, we did a disaster response team uh, to Iran, and um, one of our missionaries got in a lot of trouble because somebody said something to a undercover um, Iranian that they shouldn't have. So, um, yeah, so they're very careful and protective of that. I, I, I will. I'll. I'll Check that out when I get back and see what you know what resources there are that we can. Um, David, one thing on that that to answer your question, Ruthie, is that Stephanie and I have supported missionaries that are in closed countries, mm-hmm. and when we've done that, we get a newsletter from that missionary that doesn't give lots and lots of detail, right? But gives more information than we could get like on the website, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something like that. So that's one way I think if you. 
you have a particular place in mind or a person in mind that you want to support, I think you'll get more information from them, even if you're just on their prayer list, not necessarily financially, but even if you're just on their prayer support list. That's a good point. They can give, they can give out more specific information that way because of the way that they do their mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I've heard of controversy that going on a short-term missions trip uh, is a burden to full-time mission mm-hmm. uh, uh, workers. I am so glad you're asking this question. <laughs> so the question is: um, uh, is, is short-term or uh, short-term teams a burden on the mission um, and you know, on, on the mission on the ground and on the missionary in particular? Um, and I would say, again, that depends. Um, some people make, make it sound like that's 100% across the board, and I would say that's just not true. Um, our, our philosophy is we are field-driven. We don't send mission teams where they're not wanted. Um, so I can say uh, 100% across the board with what we do, uh, we are asked... Um, four teams. Yes, sir. Can you just tell us a little bit more about some of the medical short-term missions? I know you said they're typically level four. Right. Well, I, I, let me rephrase that. Uh, most of our people that go on level four teams are medical trips. Not all of our medical trips are level four. Uh, Belize, I don't think would be, it might be a level two. Uh, and I know you've been there uh, several times. Um, but the, uh, our medical people tend to be a bit more uh, adventurous in where they go because they can take care of themselves uh, better than a normal team could. They're more mature. Um, you know, <clears throat> um, also uh, as a part of that, um, medical, um, if you've been through our medical training, uh, I, I would highly encourage you to go through our disaster response training as well. It is a fantastic ministry. We've seen uh, scores of churches being planted out of that. And that is a ministry that is, um, it's really fantastic to see uh, the Lord work through awful, awful circumstances. Um, again, the Philippines, I was amazed at, at what's coming out of that. So um, as a testament to that, we've raised about half a million dollars for uh, Taklaban City, and we are going to build a, um, <clears throat> a, a hurricane-proof structure for the community uh, that will be a safe house um, that will also double as a church, and we have also have a church planner that's going to come in and begin planting churches um, amongst all the people that were affected by the hurricane. That's the kind of things that we, that we do. We take a very long-term uh, approach on disasters and, and want to, to, to stay in there and, and see, um, you know, see churches planted and people, people really being helped. Yes? Do we work with other nor? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, the question is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, do we work with other organ- national organizations in in um, disaster response crises? Yes. Um, one of the first things we'll do is we'll go in and um, uh, talk to the United Nations people, get the lay of the land, 
Uh, we are not first responders. We're, um, uh, we're second responders. So we'll go in, not, we won't be in the first, uh, typically, uh, we won't be there in the first week or two. We'll come after that and, and do the follow-up um, when, when, um, um, when things are settled a little bit. Um, but we, you know, we work with uh, Samaritan's Purse quite a bit. Um, and what you see on the ground on a disaster situation is um, um, typically the U.N. will take... Um, uh, take control, but they don't have all the resources to do everything, so they'll assign you certain areas. Okay, you take this area and you do all the medical relief work in that area. So, uh, so there's much collaboration because no one can do it all. Yes, sir. How do we fight the what? The, uh, the seagull effect that some people talk about where you just come in and you do something for a little while. Oh, I see. I see. The seagull effect. Uh, um, parachute missionaries. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, again, um, our top priority is to um, bring glory to the local church and support the local church. That's what uh, that's what we do. So, um, um you know, so that's my short answer is, is that we make sure that there's a long-term presence on the ground that we can get involved with. We don't want to go in, um, you know, um, try, try to make a, a hundred converts and then take off out the door and leave them to themselves. We never do that. What, what is the signal Um I pick up a book called uh, When Helping Hurts, uh, and they also wrote a sequel to that called um, Helping Without Hurting. Uh, I've not read the second one yet. I need to. It's on my on my list, but I'm, I, I tend to be lazy reading sometimes. But um, <clears throat> the um, one of the biggest uh, complaints about lots of American missionaries is that they it's um, uh, what do they call it? Um, um, kind of, it's more touristy than it is uh, actual missions that they'll go in and put on a big show and leave and feel very good about themselves. But in the end, what have they done? That's what we uh, that's what we avoid. That's what we 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 very much str- we strongly discourage that and, um, and and do not do that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. let me. Uh, I thought of a couple things as you were talking, David. That um, one, Ian, with your question about um, opportunities, um, and then the question I think Dave, you were asking about. Um, I, I never did catch what he said. Was it see what seagull? Seagull. Oh, so like I got you. So like the seagull floating in, and I got you. Okay. Um, I think one of the things. One of the things that I've heard David say before, so you correct me if this is wrong, but um, it's always connected to the church planting work that's happening there. So short-term teams are coming and filling in and connecting with the work that's going to be going on for years and decades ahead. And so um, if there are 100 converts... Lord willing, mm-hmm. for God's glory, then you're connecting them to the local body that's staying there, the nationals, the the other missionary, career missionaries that are there. 
Um, and then, Ian, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, just to help David, too, is he's got a table in the back with some literature, but also on the MTW website, they have a list of all of the opportunities, medical and otherwise, um, places, the levels, one, two, three, four, um, general costs, uh, activities, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I know you've got hard copies back there at the table, so you can grab those before you leave today. But also on the website, I think you can access all of that, right? right. And they change quite a bit, so that's why we don't really um, – uh, it's all web-based driven, so we can – you know, so stuff doesn't get out of date. So that's a good place to uh, – and one of the things we talked about at lunch yesterday that I'll just close with this is that <clears throat> it, it could be that somebody has an interest in going but doesn't know where to go or what to do. They can help. Mm -hmm. It also could be that somebody has an idea of where they want to go, but they don't know how to get there in terms of the trip itself, or the, they can help. Or it could be that someone has a passion to do something, medically, uh, relief work, what, street child, but doesn't have an interest or idea of where to go or how to get there, they can help. <laughs> so there's, I think there's a lot of flexibility in terms of those kind of things. Um, but the website's a good place to go to to, to get that information. David's going to stick around uh, for a little bit after the second service um, and, uh, and a little bit in between, between now and when the second service starts. So if you have more questions for him, you can uh, grab him. I'm going to have him stand, oh, have you go out after, the, after I pray. You can have him go out in the hallway and uh, by the table, and you can talk to him there. Let me close with some prayer, and uh, then we'll transition uh, to the second service. So if you're staying, I encourage you to uh, find a good seat. Uh, there'll be plenty available for you. If you've already been here for the first service and you're transitioning out, I'd encourage you to fellowship, but let's do it out in the hallway so we can transition well for our second service. So let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you are at work and uh, that you are at work around the world and here in our country and um, we are privileged to be able to participate in various ways um, as you enable us. Thank you for giving us just a greater awareness of how you're at work, ways that we might be able to participate and plug in. And I pray that you would um, help us uh, over the course of this month as we've heard wonderful stories of how you've been at work in people's lives within our church. Uh, people that are going in the future. We pray that you would continue to strengthen our um, understanding of you as a global God as well as how we can participate. Um, I thank you for David being here. Thank you for um, how you have uh, equipped him and given him the opportunity of serving you at MTW. I pray that you would help each of us to see how we can be involved with praying and sending others and going ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.